What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Dram? Episode 8. We are here. We made it another week here on Who Gives a Dram. I'm your host, Connor. And um, if you haven't already, follow the podcast on Instagram at Who Gives a Dram. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Who Gives a Dram. It should show up. And, uh, you know, do all that other stuff. Um, I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Um, and, you know, I think I enjoyed mine because. Uh, you know, full disclosure, a little behind the scenes of podcasting, I like to get these episodes done ahead of time. And I like to uh, make sure that I'm prepared and I produce the highest quality content that I can for everyone who listens to the show. So I'm recording this before Christmas. And this is technically going to be the New Year's episode. So I am a few weeks ahead, um, just based on how it all uh, what what holidays drop on what days this year, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little ahead of schedule, um, but I'm sure that I'm gonna enjoy Christmas, and uh, by the time this episode comes out, it's gonna be well past Christmas. So, a little behind the scenes of of a podcaster's uh, life for you guys, but uh, yeah, uh, Christmas Christmas time, it's always it's always a great time, and uh, with Christmas time with great times with the holiday season calls for great bourbon. So we are sticking on the on the path of Buffalo Trace uh, for a third or no for a fourth week in a row because we started with Eagle Rare to start off um, the holiday season uh, after Thanksgiving, and then we went with um, the classic Buffalo Trace. Last week we did Buffalo Trace Bourbon Cream, which uh, was a was a bit of a different review for um, for me because it wasn't technically whiskey. And uh, today we're we're gonna continue with with the uh, w- with the path of Buffalo Trace. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk about something that has happened uh, technically two days ago now. Um, but it's going to be a few weeks old at this point, but I have to talk about it now because it's a platform to talk about it and I need to get it off my chest. Last Friday was the season finale of The Mandalorian. Now, I think I've mentioned The Mandalorian a few times on the show, but if you don't know already, I love the show. I love The Mandalorian. It's a fantastic show. Um, and it's really kind of reignited my love for Star Wars. I kind of go through phases of um, I enjoy Star Wars, I don't enjoy enjoy Star Wars, um, but you know, The Mandalorian has kind of brought back my my original feelings from when I was a kid. I, I remember watching the the prequel trilogy, thinking it was the coolest thing in the world. I was probably I think I was three or four when uh, the Phantom Menace came out, so. That was my childhood, and uh, the sequel trilogies were fine, I guess. Um, they definitely could have been done better, I believe, but The Mandalorian is with, with Baby Yoda and Mando, and now they brought back, um, well, spoiler alert, you should see it by now, uh, Luke Skywalker um, and the other Jedi there, I call her Asaka Taco. 
um, Asako Toka or something. I forgot her name. But uh, just what a what a what a fine piece of television. Not just because it's Star Wars, but the the acting, the cinematography, the directing, the plot points, the build up. It's just all it's all fantastic. And last week was the season finale, um, and it's still fresh in my head. And man, I let me tell you what. There are some cool cool scenes in movies and television that stand out in my mind. Um, obviously, uh, Captain America wielding Thor's hammer and the entire end credits of Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame, are probably the first thing that come to my mind. But uh, there are several other moments that I just can't think of right now off the cuff live. When you see what hindsight you know it's luke's x-wing but when you see an x an x-wing pull into moff gideon's star destroyer and you're kind of wondering who it's going to be and you see the the cloaked hooded figure walk down the walk down the uh, hallway on um on the surveillance camera and you see baby yoda aka grogu reaching out towards the the uh, camera to you know saying oh i know i i feel the force with this guy um and then seeing a live action, you know, actually well choreographed Luke Skywalker destroy some dark troopers, man. It doesn't get much better than that. And that's something that I am going to remember for the rest of my life. That scene, the music, the intensity. Uh, now, did Luke's face look really weird when he was talking after he took off his hood? Yeah, it did. But don't care. It's the concept behind young Luke was in the 1970s original trilogy. We saw old Luke in the sequel trilogy. Um, Obviously in the prequel trilogy, Luke wasn't born yet until the end of Revenge of the Sith. I sound like such a nerd right now, man. Holy crap. (laughs) But this is, this is important to me. And, um, you know, I did enjoy a nice, nice glass of Weller 107 while I was I was in, I was watching The Mandalorian. So there is a tie into whiskey with this, but you know, all in all, uh, a, a one a a, a uh, one dram. Everybody knows the rules. Uh, a rating for who gives a dram. The Mandalorian season finale. It's a ten, perfect ten. Um, but uh, with it being the the end of the of the year, the end of the Mandalorian. This is the New Year episode, even though it's not really New Year's for me. Um, I'm still celebrating with you guys because I love you guys that listen um, and follow uh, follow along with me. And I hope everyone's drinking actually drinks with me because that would be sweet. Um, but today we're doing a special, special uh, bourbon. It's something that I've fallen in love with and it's something that I enjoy very much if i had to pick a top bourbon off the top off you know off the top of my head this is it uh so without further ado for those watching on the podcast i've got a brand new bottle of blanton's bourbon now blanton's is the original single barrel bourbon and it's distilled by buffalo trace um and it is uh probably the one of the most um different looking bourbon uh bottles that you'll find which makes it kind of part of its intriguement is uh 
the actual bottle of um, of Blanton's. So I've got a brand new box here, unopened. We're gonna do a live uh, opening of the bottle. Like I mean, I haven't even popped the cork yet. So there it is. Get the box out of there. Comes with the its own little satchel, and there's a liquid. Bland's bourbon. I'm excited for this one. So we're going to dive right into it here on Who Gives a Dram. Uh, first things first, it's the coolest, one of the coolest bottles. Um, so starting with the review, it is uh, just such a unique and different uh, bottle that uh, you have to take into consideration because it is something that you keep and you show off. Um, even if there's no liquid inside it. So, this bourbon whiskey was dumped on September 1st, 2020, uh, stored in Warehouse H from barrel number 82 on Rick number 39, individually selected, filtered, and bottled by hand at 93 proof. So, we're looking at 46.5% alcohol. Uh, the back of the box reads quickly. Uh, the finest bourbon in the world comes from a single barrel, and it never and it is never blended with whiskey from any other barrel. Um, this is the way Colonel Albert B. Blanton first bottled his private reserve bourbon nearly a century ago, and that is the way Blanton's is bottled today. Um, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, uh, every whiskey has its has its individuality, or it's what makes that particular whiskey special. Um, Blanton's is markets itself as the the first single barrel bourbon. Whether that is true, I mean, none of us can know because none of us were around at that time. Um, but they say it, so it's got to be true. You know, why would they lie to us? Um, but we're gonna open this live. I can't really see. So again, I hope you guys are enjoying a dram with me. A little fresh bottle open. Ah, oh, that was kind of weak, but it's opened. And I can already smell it. So. Just enough. So, first impression. Keep this bottle in the shot. First impression, color. Uh, I think it looks very almost... Uh, I've got some notes um, here, and I want to see if they hold up to be true because I took these notes about a month ago when I was just randomly sipping on Blanton's. But um, I've always thought Blanton's has, has more of a red color to it, like a very amberish red color that uh, is very unique to Blanton's. Um, especially, well, really unique to any bourbon. I don't really get this color a lot from, from many other bourbons, but, uh, again, that, that, uh, that could just be me. Yeah, I get very red, very, uh, a very red slash amber looking, looking whiskey in here. And that's, uh, different and I like different. So going for the smell, 
this, I, I mean, Bland's to me is one of the sweetest bourbons I've had. And I don't know if it's the single barrel. I don't know if it's just the mash bill, which is undisclosed. Um, I don't think there's an age statement on here. I'm pretty sure there's not. But uh, the uh, the the um, the smell to me is is just always been so sweet, and I don't know why that is. It's just a very sweet uh, bourbon to me, and um, yeah, it's. I get a lot of vanilla and a lot of um, like bake like. Sp- spices but not like a rye spice more like a uh like a someone told me i smell for too long (laughs) so i'm trying not to smell for too long they got inside my head yeah i guess it's mostly just a lot of vanilla and just a, a, a hint of spice that's there i don't really get a whole lot of uh oakiness Which tells me that this, although there's no age statement, is probably not a young bourbon, but younger. Um, and uh, it just, it's just, it's very, uh, like we said, Buffalo Trace, the last whiskey that we reviewed, was a very good bourbon, but there was nothing unique about it. This is a bourbon that is very unique. And that's what makes it Blanton's from the packaging and the um, and the bottle to the color to the nose and to the taste, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Blanton's really stands out. So if Buffalo Trace is the guy that everyone likes at the party, Blanton's is the guy that everybody wants to be at the party. And they might not like him because of that, but everyone wants to be the guy. He's different. He's cool. The girls think he's mysterious, and that makes him, and that that makes them want to know more about him. But he's always not there, and he's always kind of just he knows how to play the game. Let's put it that way. Blanton's knows how to play the game. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, that's two, that's two uh pretty pretty bad references or pretty bad comparisons to to very two very good bourbons. But that's that's how I think of it in my head, and. Sometimes some weird stuff goes on in my head, so I'm just being honest with you guys. Um, but anyways, I want to drink this because it's just making my mouth water. So, to everyone listening, to everybody watching, slant it. Yeah. It's always my first word after I take a sip of something good, which is almost all whiskey. It's just, yeah. Um, What did I write down on the palette here? Oak and fruit. See, now I'm getting a little bit more vanilla and sweetness again with this, but I do get a hint, and I don't know what it's from, but I do get a little bit of a fruity note to it, so... That holds up to be true. Oak, I mean, all bur- all whiskey tastes like, tastes like oak to a to a degree. So that's kind of a standard um, a standard note is oak. So I don't re- I don't know if I really count that or not. I mean, yeah, I do. I do count it. 
it's a uh it's just very standard it's like saying um it's like saying uh, a, a cookie smells sweet or a, 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 a I don't know a piece of a piece of bread smells like wheat or you know that's just of course whiskey's gonna smell like oak because it's sitting in oak barrels um, but some whiskeys do smell more like uh, more like oak than others which is um, again just one of the very very many cool things about whiskey and also what's cool about this is this little bag that says Blanton's on it. I don't know if you can see it there on the video podcast. Cool little put like change in here or something. Can make this a man purse. Like put it on your I don't know. Put something in here, something cool. Um for those who are listening, it's a it's like a br- a brown, very soft, cool looking bag that has the word Blanton's on it and it's just a very it's it's neat that the that Blanton's puts all their bottles in um in in you know they 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 know what they're doing in terms of marketing man they make it seem like you are drinking a bourbon that is is a once in a lifetime experience and I really respect that um Buffalo I mean not Buffalo Trace uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery, I guess, knows what they're doing with this stuff. Um, it's a very sleek, it's a very good-looking bottle, and uh, the presentation is there. The presentation is a 10. Um, let's go back to the taste. Let's take another sip. Yeah. And you have to take in consideration MSRP for Blanton's. So, Blanton's is one of those whiskeys that are beco- is becoming more and more allocated, so can't really find it a lot. Uh, I was able to find this at MSRP, uh, which is around... Blanton's should be around, in my opinion, as low as 50, as high as 70. That's about what you should be paying for Blanton's. If you really can't find it, and you come across a bottle for a little bit over 70... I would pay it. I think it's that good. Um, I would say maybe, if I'm being completely honest, if I was desperate, maybe ninety bucks would be my my limit as to what I would pay for this. Um, and that's saying a lot because there are some people who I've seen buy this for as low as like forty five or fifty bucks. So. Um, that's just my my honest opinion as to what I would pay, um, but but it tastes more expensive than it is. It looks more expensive than it is. Um, so we're gonna judge this off an MSRP rating of what I paid, which was sixty bucks, I believe, sixty or sixty five bucks. I forgot what I said, but I think it was sixty or sixty five bucks uh, that I paid for this. Um, let's say sixty, make it even five dollars here or there whatever um so sixty dollars for a bottle of blanton's um a very sweet a very sweet uh palette to it with a finish that stays for a, a noticeably long time but it's not a burn finish it's a very mellow inviting finish that makes you want to take another sip kind of kind of cool you don't get that with too many whiskeys
Yeah. It's delicious, man. Seriously, and this is John Wick's bourbon. This is what John Wick drinks. So if you're not going to drink, what makes you better than drinking what John Wick drinks? You know? it's uh, If it's good enough for John Wick, it's good enough for me. That's what I say about everything. So um, if we're going to give this a, a give this a score with my unprofessional opinion, um, everything taking into consideration as always that we do uh, as always like we do here on who gives a dram, we're gonna say this. It is definitely one of my favorite bourbons taste wise. It is a very, very affordable bourbon for its quality, although it is not although its quantity is not always available. Um, if you can find this for MSRP, uh, I mean, this has got to be, I would say, a 9.3 for a $60 bourbon. Uh, it's just fantastic. If you've never had Blanton's, I mean, I, I feel for you. I honestly do. It's a, uh, this is, I've had a few bottles of this I've been able to find, um, and every single time it gets better. Seriously, every single time this bourbon gets better, so... We're going uh, 9.3 on this rating, um, and and that's that. I mean, I can't wait to have a few more drams of this today because it's uh, I go right into editing this thing after I shoot it. So um, again, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. I got some stuff I got to do. So uh, again, to everybody out there, thank you for the support. Um, 2020's been a year, but we got through it, and. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, um, you know, uh, to be able to have an audience that uh, that you know uh, takes in my content and enjoys it. Um, I'm glad everyone is loving the the uh, the uh, video podcast. I really enjoy doing them, although it's kind of a pain in the ass to set up sometimes. And uh, you know, I'm, we're gonna keep on going. 2021, I got some really really cool stuff coming up. Some collabs we're gonna do. And just some really some really fun ideas that I have. And, of course, we're just going to keep on drinking whiskey together. I have no plans on stopping this. So um, thank you to Blanton's for, or for, uh, for being a very, very tasty beverage. Uh, I'm going to go finish this. As always, my buddy Nick Bossy at Nick Bossy Music is going to sing me out, Pretty New Diamond. And uh, I'm going uh, to go about the rest of my day. So happy new year, everybody even though it's not really New Year for me. Uh, we deserve this. We deserve every dram that we're drinking right now. So take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you later. Up in New England, that girl sure loved me. We got together and brought things to life. I did buy her a pretty new diamond And asked that sweet woman if she'd be my wife It was a kind of feeling Love songs are made of With that sweet woman Spend the rest of my life She came along 
I was hurting, but at the end of my tunnel, I saw no light. I'll just sit here and get drunk tonight Vows they meant nothing And she ran to a stranger And with Johnny Walker I'm passing my time And I asked the Lord What should I do But I'm too drunk to hear him tonight Sit with my bottle while Hank Sr. singing I'm so lonesome I could cry That pretty new diamond broke my heart a second time But I got the last laugh when I pawned off her ring Cause it bought me a dime bag and a case of Coors Light And I asked the Lord, what should I do? But I'm too drunk to hear him tonight Sit with my bottle while Hank Sr. singing I'm so lonesome I could cry So sit with my bottle while Hank Sr. singing I'm so lonesome I could cry